You guys all right? It's all good, baby. <laughs> did someone scooch their chair back? I scooched. I did a big scooch, yep. I I'm more comfortable now. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, and hey. welcome to season two, episode eighteen of Watch and Talk. This week we watched an episode called Seventeen People. So uh, it's been a while. We were on break. I'm Eric, and um, I I personally remember each and every one of your names, <laughs> but just in case our readers do not remember, listeners, listeners, readers, <laughs> I, I I have the transcription service. This is all going into an ebook as well. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Um, do we want to go around the horn and introduce ourselves again? I'm Elise. I'm Jason. And I'm Brayden. Okay, now that we got that cleared up, uh, 17 people. So uh, this episode joins a glittering Parthenon pantheon. A, 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 par- a, pantheon? a glittering, pantheon glittering pantheon of things that are named after an ordinal number of people. So we have... Just a quick list. 12 angry men, mm. seven samurai, mm. five guys, mm-hmm. four non-blondes, mm-hmm. three amigos, Ooh. three tenors, three Ooh. musketeers, three men and a baby, <laughs> two and a half men. That's all I got. That was pretty good. That is very good. One tree of, hill. That's not a, <laughs> nope, wrong. <laughs> tree, tree hill's not a person. So if you got more of those, write them in. I will read them on the next episode. So previous on is spoken by CJ, and it's a quick one. It's just the deal with Abby. It's been the previous on for about Three. five weeks in a row. Dog night. Mm, close. Mm-mm. And the Toby and VP <laughs> plotline from the last episode, where there was this uh, VP kind of putting himself out there politically in a way, and Toby is suspicious of his motives. Mr. Vice President. <clears throat> What do you know that I don't? Toby, the total tonnage of what I know that you don't could stun a team of oxen in its tracks. They cut in, and it's the same night, night of the Stackhouse filibuster. It's actually the Stackhouse filibuster is playing on the TV. The question, the multi-part question, is playing on the TV as we see Toby. He's bouncing the, the ball. ball. Did they, did they just introduce that last episode, or was it more than one ago? I think it was just last episode, um, Just right? last episode, I think. No, yeah. I think we've no, seen he's... it once before um, when Andy came into his office. Oh, yeah, and he yeah. had like seven of them in yeah, his Yeah, he hand. was like juggling all the balls. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Toby and his balls are a big part of this episode. Yeah, and he's he's just thinking real hard. Um, he's kind of... Um, he's got it's, questions. It's, it's like his worry object. Yes. So it's, uh, it's his, his pre-fidget spinner. Um, do you guys have <laughs> worry objects? That you uh, you grasp anything on your desk that is your go to like a koosh ball or something. Just I will like... drum with the mouse. All right, mm. that's good. I twirl. I uh, I have a small. I have a small man that I twirl. What kind of man? Like I have a, a I have a midget spinner. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Good bit. Let's, can we do it again? <laughs> I don't do it. I don't have it. I don't have one. I keep a cast iron whale that I got Ooh. on Cape Cod. Ooh, a little, little iron whale. He's about an inch tall, two inches long. Is it ambergris? He's really <laughs> sharp on the tail. It's like a knife almost. Oh, so you carry a weapon. Actually, I, I do like figure out how to hold it in my knuckles. So if I had to, I could oh. jam, jam somebody with it. So it's multi-purpose. Yeah. It's my protection Do you carry and my it with muse. you all the time? Or it's no, it's on desk? my desk. Okay. Well, I play Pokemon a lot. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> that works. I like 
usually with any pen i like fidget with it i'm literally doing it right now yeah I'll, like spin the top or i'll click it or something and then also like a internal debilitating they sense should of make, anxiety they should make helps. pens with <laughs> that you could spin it yeah a fidget pen a, just with a, a pen is already a fidget but if it had it could if have it was a, dedicated, a spinny though, thing if it had like a little like clicky like thing you could turn around what i need is like a silent fidgeting pen because i love to click them but it really annoys. I'm like, I know I'm pissing everyone yeah, off. But sometimes I'll intentionally on. make yeah. an annoying noise with my pen to get people to like move on or you know, like get out of my office. There's yeah. a guy at work that whistles mm. and he just does the one. Have I brought this up? No. He does no. the one whistle. What does it sound like? Like a R two D two E, like a like a like a bird call, like a, like some like he's calling his dog do, in the woods, do, like he's do like do birds a, and animals just start flocking into just, the office, as he does it. and he'll do it one or two of them, and that's it. But he'll do it. It's like why, dude? You can't do that. Mm. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that at work. You're yeah. not allowed. You can't do it. And you're in no headphone office. I so everybody can no headphones. Like. Like very quietly, like hum or like make up a song to myself when I'm like about to get like into something, I'll be like, "What's that song sound like?" Like, um, like here I go, I'm opening this bed. Oh, it's like narrated. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or I'll, there will be no actual words, and I'm just like, "I do do do," like, na 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 na, like, <laughs> like, but it's just like totally nonsensical, and it's not a good song by any means. In the vein of muttering to yourself, like, do you ever? At work, you're you're just like you know you had to do something and then you got distracted and then you can't remember what you were just gonna do, and you're like, what was I gonna do? What was I gonna do? And that like helps you remember what yes, you were gonna mm-hmm. do. Yes, constantly. I have to do it out loud. Like, I, what the sometimes fuck was I gonna I'm do? like concerned because I, I think never my, remember. Yeah, I like will have my mind set on a task and then I just completely forget what I was gonna. I do. have never remembered what I was. Try gonna what do. I'm saying. You just go. What was I gonna do? What was I gonna do? No, what was I, I gonna do? do? I don't see that helps, and I'm gonna. It really does. Uh, no. All right. Well, I try to like look what what's in my hands, like what's near me on my desk. I'll I was, walk like, backwards. I would retrace my steps to yeah. figure out what was. <laughs> reopen to that tab. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll look at the computer. I will Sometimes like. I do reopen. I will. Tab. I will like <laughs> scroll back up on Twitter. Like, what was I looking at? Like, what was it? Like, trigger that thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> they cut after that. Two nights later, so Toby has been mulling this over for going on forty-eight hours now. Um, they then go two nights after that. So we're covering four days at this point. And, um, like I've, I just had the word light bulb written down. I don't know if a literal light bulb goes off or like Toby just is like, Oh, I know. Um, he goes to Leo and he I has an idea. All this. What? I did a little bracket. And I said, all this. Yeah. He's got <laughs> a lot of thoughts, yeah. but he has yeah. the wrong thought. Has there been a discussion in some room, someplace? Anywhere on any level about horns being dropped from the ticket in 2002? No. You sure? Yeah. Because I thought maybe it was an Eisenhower-Nixon. No, Toby, I wouldn't give it a lot of thought. Okay. So is it like a Nixon-Eisenhower situation, which I probably should have looked up what that means. Those Um, are both presidents. Yeah, but the United I, well, States. Well, he was a Nixon was a vice president, America. so maybe he got Both dropped as presidents. the vice president. I don't know. Um, then the next night, so we're five nights on. Uh, there's another quick thing of him bouncing the ball, like the the ball bouncing is happening the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then Leo comes into his office, and Toby is like totally being a creep, and he's sitting on the couch. Hey. Scared the hell out of me. The pole that horns. He's like gonna murder him right now. <laughs> yeah, and Leo keeps giving him these like 
brush offs. Why is he going to run for president one day? Why shouldn't he do his own poll? He's going to run for president six years from now. What good does last week's do? I really don't know. He's, he basically, he's like, don't don't worry about it. But um, Leo obviously knows there's what what is up that night. Uh, so this is the final. This is day six, I guess. Toby finally has a theory that uh, Hoynes is going to run because the president is not going to run, and that is like close enough to home for Leo. Uh, in addition to all these other clues that Toby has put together about giving a speech about the high-tech economy in New Hampshire and disguising it in a camping trip and all this stuff, Dave Weigel voice, he's running. He's running. I wrote it. He's running. <laughs> nice. <laughs> they do a nice crossfade of the bouncy ball into the credit music, which is a nice little audio thing. What's going on, Leo? There's one shot. He's standing up at the desk. He's talking. He's talking to Leo, and you can't see his hands, but there's a ball sound. Huh? Where's that ball coming from? Where's the ball, buddy? Where's the ball? Mm-hmm. Do you think he's doing something with his feet and the ball? He could be. <laughs> he could be footballing. I feel like he has so much experience with this yeah. ball. It could yeah. be a foot football. Yeah. He's a baller. In the traditional sense. Mm, like soccer. Like a, like a football. Oh, uh, football. Yeah, yeah football. Mm-hmm. In the traditional sense of bouncing a handball with your feet. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, everyone knows. Our listeners know. So after that is in the Oval Office. Uh, the president is talking about some terrorism plot line that is like barely covered, but they keep talking about in this <laughs> episode. This I wrote terror subplot. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, some, there's some terror <laughs> thing it's, going it's on. It's pre-9-11, so. Yeah. It's uh something about airport security. And Leo's like, we finally, we got to tell Toby he's onto it. Um, lays out the Hoynes uh, shenanigans. Um, when you put all the things together, uh, Hoynes is not covering his tracks particularly well. It is pretty obvious. They're worried about what the staff reaction is going to be, and they're going to use Toby as a, a gauge of that. And oh, then... Oh. I just wanted to mention, what? one of the scenes where he goes into Leo's office while he's like thinking about it, they show this, well, two things. One, they show a shot where from Toby's desk, he can see the lights in Leo's office. And that's how he knows Leo's in, and mm-hmm. that's what makes him get up and go talk to him. Is that right? Yeah, so the, this is the first time I think we've ever been given that much information about the layout, and it doesn't really make any sense. I don't think you can actually see Leo's office lights from Toby's office. That's yeah, because isn't possible. Margaret's desk area. It feels like you go out and then you make a left through the secretarial pool. Yeah. Right? But And I don't know where else after Well, that. Leo has a second door, though. He has one door that goes straight into the hallway. Oh, maybe then you make a right and you go through the main secretarial bullpen in front of Josh's office. Then you make a right. Wait, I thought he and had the, one that And the that Roosevelt goes... room is in the no, middle. No, I think Toby's in... closer to the Oval Office than Josh. Yeah. Right. Well, what I'm saying is the hallway going directly from Toby's office to Leo's office could be on the other side of the Roosevelt room from the secretarial pool. Oh, wait, there is a map. Yeah, I'm going to find a map. Hold on. Secretarial pool, a big disappointment. (laughs) Okay. If if you look through the Roosevelt room, you can see from Toby's office, you can see the Oval Office and Leo's office. Yes. Oh. (laughs) So then the other thing is he gets up and he walks over and they show this shot 
of him crossing so that the the frame in the background shows a guy with a vacuum cleaner but it's dark and they had to find a way to light the guy with the vacuum so it looks like he is bathed in black light like he's mm. completely purple and glowing from the bottom and there's like nut stains on his <laughs> <laughs> there's a ton of jizz well, reveal so in this episode at least at the beginning of the episode it, it's like obviously nighttime yeah and when they pan through the west wing you can see through several windows that there's like a full moon and that's like shining in oh and what? it's creating this like purpley blue light no way yeah you think it was areas. fake moonlight to be completely consistent and and because you continuity? see it, yeah, you see it in multiple scenes at the beginning. Does, like, no does the full moon illuminate Nutstain? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. Watch out, boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's something to know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the president has a line. Now it starts. And so this like back this back end of the season that I've been typing up. Now it's, it starts. It's the start. This, this is the real kickoff. Uh, but it. before it begins, yeah. um, there's a line. I believe it is Toby. He is. Uh, forecasting some of the feelings that the staff might feel. He lays it out. Leo, Leo. Oh, sorry, right, Lebo. Uh, I got it. And he says uh, some of the emotions might be shame, betrayal, confusion. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm very interested in what's about to happen. Also, Because what could possibly be revealed that would create... Well, we know. Do I know? You do know. Okay. I... Didn't know. No, no, no. Okay, no. Okay. My, so sixteen. And my point. Is, if you're new to the show, this is Braden's first watch. No, but my point is, um, I was. I do not think this was a event worthy of shame, betrayal, confusion. That's but we'll the, get that's more the specific mm-hmm. ones you said. Let's try to track those emotions yeah. on Toby yeah. throughout the episode. So. First, they cut over to Josh and Sam, who are in Sam's office, and they are reviewing the correspondence dinner speech that has been uh, written by some underlings, and there's a big problem. You know what they did? Yeah. They forgot to bring the funny. They didn't bring the funny. Why would they let underlings write the State of the Union? It's not State of the Union. Oh, Cor- I correspondence dinner. Oh, correspondence dinner. That also seems important. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like the one speech that kind of gets televised other than the state of the union yeah and it's like the fun one yeah to show the president's like a person i think maybe the one genuinely okay thing that trump has done is to end the institution of the correspondence dinner because it's such like a cesspool and was that the one where bush went and was like making like the where are the wmds are they under yes. the chair it's, yes. <laughs> it's like fuck uh, you buddy yeah. come on but that's also the one didn't bush invite colbert well, he doesn't invite or someone invited Colbert well, sure. to host it, and he like roasted him. Yeah, that was a funny. Yeah, I thought the John Hodgman one when uh, Obama came in was a, like they can be good parts of it, but it, like it's just too chummy. It's too chummy. So the, Leo comes in, grabs Toby as Josh is trying to recruit Toby into doing uh, some script punch up on this correspondence dinner, and I thought there was just like one really great little moment where he's like. I'll get with you after this. And Josh is like, why, what's up? And Leo's like, nothing. You want to stay? Where are you going to be? Go find a place. I'll hook up with you in a little bit. What's going on? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And they just both walk away, and they're all trained. Like, the answer to that is not a (laughs) follow-up question. 
Like that just means like drop it. Like something else is going on. You're not privy. I, he to did this. not appear concerned at all. Like he played it off. Like mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, all right. Yep. Quickly, there's a Josh and Donna scene um, where there's this weird little subplot for them where Josh had sent flowers for their anniversary. Right. So we find out that for the past five years, Josh has been engaged in some sort of targeted harassment against Donna. Did you get the flowers? Yes, I did. Did you like them? They were very pretty. Do you know why I sent them? I know why you think you sent them. It's our anniversary. No, it's not. I'm the sort of guy who remembers those things. No, you're the sort of guy who sends a woman flowers to be mean. <laughs> so targeted harassment. It's a strange, like, sexual harassment via flower. It's not a sexual harassment. He, it's he, it's it harassment. It sort of is. It's harassment. He's drawing attention to, like, her failed relationship. And, like, you and, like me over your boyfriend. Like It's weird. It's, a, it's okay. very, very weird. Okay. I don't like this at all. Yeah. <laughs> He's a creep. And I actually don't understand the timeline of this either because this is like at least 8 p.m. at this point. It's like after everybody else has already gone home, the people that are staying late are like kind of ordering dinner. And like he's like just seeing her for like the first time in the entire day was like, do you get the flowers I sent you? Yeah. And like she's been avoiding him all day because it's fucking creepy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. So yeah, Donna had... Started with Josh. We saw that episode uh, at the beginning of the season, um, but apparently within a few weeks of that, she had left again, and then she came back. Donna says she hates Josh's breathing guts. Do guts breathe? Um, Is that a phrase? I've never heard that, but like, I guess your insides breathe. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he enlists There's a Donna. peristalsis going on. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. He pulls Donna in to help write some jokes for the speech because they are they are desperate and there's like a little bit of joking around that. Okay, also uh, in the Josh scene, he is proud that he said Anne hysterically. You want to help with the thing? Yes, I do because you are such an hysterically funny person. Did you notice how I used Anne there properly? Yes, I did. And he, he cites this as an example of proper grammar. It's bad. It's bad and it's dumb. Don't talk like that. Nobody talks like that. Is it, you shouldn't e- talk like is that. it even proper? It's not. It's wrong. Yeah, because it's uh, not a... I mean, if you're making a consonant sound, which you should pronounce the H in hysterically because it Did starts with an H. Hysterically? It's not hysterically. It's not like... That'd be like... That's a British... That's a super British pronunciation. And historic. That's like... And historic is wrong. I used to like do that, but it's wrong and dumb. This okay. This starts me down a, a trend in this episode. I didn't think about Grammar. this one as an example. No, of like, there's a lot of things that are stated, especially by the president, that I take as common knowledge that I don't know if I only know them because the West Wing said them. And then I'm wondering how much stuff I think I know. <laughs> I can tell you if you knew it beforehand. Um. Well. Okay. So this this one, the Anne historic one. It's like, did I ever hear that before this? And then oh, the president it, has it has that become like a topic of debate in some prior form of pop culture, right? Or is that like did this like introduce that? And then there's um, later the president's talking about like, oh, in Kentucky, it's uh, it's not fr- it's not bourbon if it's not from Kentucky. Sour mash. It's sour mash. That you did not know before. Right, and then he later says, what else does he say? Um, the surgeons generals <laughs> versus surgeon generals thing. That I've heard before. You knew that. Yeah, you probably knew that before. You knew that one. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You probably heard attorneys general. But like, why like wouldn't Toby know it? If it was something everybody knew, how did Toby not know he it? He probably just is so 
preoccupied with like what is going on. Like okay, the the one thing about this episode is like it I wish we didn't know with him. Right. Mm. You know, we, I wish we didn't. We've known know. for a season. It sucks that we know. It's so cuz they okay. Well, Richard, if you're breathing, you don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> but Richard Schiff's acting allows you to almost get back to that place where you're like you're yeah. almost with him where you're just like, "Oh man, like something but, is but up." But still like mm-hmm. imagine how terrifying this is where he's the way that Leo is so coldly denying that anything weird is going on and being like, yeah, we'll get to that when about? they're outside. Yeah. So the first there's Ainsley and Sam real quick. Um, yay, Ainsley's back. Um, there's a really great line where she says, you're adorable. Get ill adored. Go figure. Yeah. But ill adored. <laughs> great line. They are fucking for real though in this episode, right? Yes. Like when, the, so he recruits her to uh, come write stuff too, the same way Don is going to help only via offer of Chinese food. And then they spar a little, and she talks about how she's going to go do this panel with Ann Coulter and yeah. <laughs> about the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. Well, I think she said also Gloria Steinem. And Gloria Steinem. Naomi, Naomi Klein. Naomi Klein. That's all, a great panel, people. actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really large. I feel like a lot of people. How many yeah. people need to be on a panel? I've seen like a 10-person panel on some Oh, I've seen some panels. Mm. I've seen a panel. But then when she walks out, he like has a rolled up piece of paper and he like almost wants it to like looks smack like he's her. He's gonna smack her butt. He wants to smack her in the ass and it, he, he just like he, he bites held his, back. He bites his knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they're, they're they're really they're really getting it this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, after that's Toby and Leo. They're waiting like in Charlie's like outer area. Um, we haven't seen Miss Laningham in a while, but. Uh, there's some awkward silence as neither one of them has anything to say, but Toby knows he's going to find out soon. And then right before Leo's like, be cool. <laughs> Go <laughs> whatever, easy. Whatever you're in there, just be be cool. Toby, take it easy in there. Okay. And then they go in <laughs> and the president's like, do you want a drink? And he's like, no, thank you. And he's like, here's your drink. Have a drink. Good evening, Mr. President. Hey, Toby, you want a drink? No, thank you, sir. I'm fine. Have a drink with me. Sure. Bourbon New Ice. I don't think the president knows the word neat. He's like, here, bourbon, no ice. I invented it. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, this is where they talk about like the Kentucky bourbon thing, sour mash. If I saw a fucking menu say sour mash, nobody's going to. That sounds like not a thing. What is it? What are you mashing? Sounds like a granny smooth applesauce or something. The like pulped up corn that ferments is called mash. And then what I don't know happens? why it's called sour. That like that ferments <laughs> and then that is distilled down into uh, the the bourbon that we know and love. Uh, I just no, I wouldn't. I don't like that name. So okay, another awesome thing about this episode, President, we're pretty used to always spouting off random facts, mm-hmm. but juxtaposing that with what he knows he has, he's about to have to tell. It's Toby, a distraction technique, but not just mm-hmm. a distraction technique. It actually makes you think that the character of the president in constantly showing off about how smart he is, is a way of distracting people from his fear that he's like cognitively yeah, totally. struggling. Yeah, it's like, a. Th- I'm going to bring up this thing that might indicate that I have mental cognitive issues. Yeah. And but check to, out these sweet facts. But look at all these things I can spout off. Like and there's no memory issues here. And he's, he's like front loading that with people whenever he interacts with them in the past just so that if he ever does have an occasional lapse, people will already be so convinced that he's brilliant that they won't yeah, ever totally. think about it. 
Yeah, and then even the way he tells the diagnosis, like when he finally gets into it, is like very rehearsed. And like I think we talked about this last time when he told somebody else, but like he has like a paragraph that he mm-hmm. has obviously said before. He's like many years ago, blah 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 blah, and then he like drops it at the end. Ordered an MRI. The radiologist found plaque on my brain and spine. I have a relapsing remitting course of MS. Then Toby's got a lot of questions. You know, what does relapsing remitting mean? Uh, is it fatal? Blah, blah, blah. And he gets kind of like overwhelmed. I'd like to stand up. Can I stand? And he has to go out onto the portico and like take a breather. Cut after that over to the speech writing session that's going on in the Roosevelt room. So More talk of how they didn't bring the funny. Didn't bring the funny. So they brought in the big heavyweights, Ed and Larry, oh and boy. Okay, a so lawyer and a secretary. We, this is a really exciting moment because we definitively learn who Ed, who is Ed and who is Larry. Right. So Larry's the white one. They're both, aren't they oh, both white? Aren't they both? No, no there's an Asian. Oh, they're both pale. <laughs> They're yeah, both lame. no, the the very like the very white looking one is Larry. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a um, wasp. Yeah, Larry. Larry's a waspy. This yeah. is where we finally hear some of the jokes. And folks, I got to tell you, they're bad. Folks, not they good. are. They were right about not bringing the funny. Ladies and gentlemen, I am very happy to be here, and I want to thank the White House Correspondents Association for inviting me. I expect I'll be stuck here tonight with my fair share of verbal harpoons. I don't mind. Just don't stick me with the dinner check. They literally are looking at joke books. Who does that? (laughs) Really? They had joke books on the table? They had joke books on the table. Who's bigger? Mr. Bigger or Mr. Bigger's baby? What? I don't know who's bigger. Mr. Bigger's baby because he's a little bigger. Oh, a little. Yeah. 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 Speaking of words that sound like that, we find out that the host of the Correspondence Dinner is Bill Maher. I, that would never happen now, I think. He's way too uh, but controversial all the, all the people now. are political. And anyway, you should make fun of the host. You should make well, fun no, of everybody. You shouldn't just, just make fun of Republicans. They, they hit just, upon this later. You should make fun of yourself. You should certainly make fun of Bill Maher. And absolutely make yes. fun of Bill Maher. I feel like now his, like his humor is more like clutch the pearls, like... People are super offended by everything he says. The, the way yeah. the way that they uh, Adam Friedland his bit of it is <laughs> you just end everything with the Republicans. <laughs> That's every Bill Maher joke. Yeah, they're in the bubble. And then, <laughs> well, there was something. That's also a Dennis Miller impression. Hey, hey, yeah. babe. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Genghis Khan. <laughs> there is some a little bit more talk about the flowers thing. Are not anniversary. Donna doesn't like to talk about. I it. really don't. Okay. A few years ago, Donna's boyfriend broke up with her, so she started working for Josh. But then the boyfriend told her to come back, and she did. And then they broke up, and she came back to work. I thought you meant you didn't want to talk about it. She's so clearly distressed. Like, it's odd to me that Josh keeps on going, she's not playing around. She's so upset about she, it. She, like, smacks him in the head She's really not hard. happy. He's- yeah, just... Lighten up, Josh. Be cool, bro. Be cool. And then Sam comes up with a joke that finally everybody loves. And folks, let me tell you, (laughs) it is also bad. (laughs) I only wish the speaker were here tonight, but he's held up in negotiations on the Hill. He's demanding his latest prenup include a line item veto. There it is. It's a really dumb joke. They cut back out to the portico where Toby and Leo are out there. So we find out that Leo knows about the MS from a year ago, which is the 
flu collapse that he had in the Oval Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Y'all remember this episode, folks. Sort of. Do we remember that Leo found out that night? I, I'm assuming they made a scene out of that, but I don't remember exactly how they unfolded um, that. Abby told Leo, I think. Right. Um, because he pulled her aside and was like, what's going on? Right. Something's up. We find out here 16 people know this. And I'm, I'm at this point, I'm thinking they fucked up. This episode's called 17 People. Yeah. <laughs> and he says 16. Yeah. So what's going on here? I, will, I too was confused. Leo's really cagey about who the 16 people are. First of all, who else knows? You're the 16th person. Who else? I'll tell you some of them. I won't tell you all of them. <clears throat> Why not? Because it's not entirely my business. None of your biznatch. <laughs> and then he is very adamant that nobody lied took a physical it's and disclosed that. It doesn't show up during a physical. You know, it's in remission. Nobody lied. Nobody lied? Nobody. Nobody lied? Is that what you've been saying to yourself over and over again for Look, a year? Leo, a deception of massive proportion. I can't even. But it wasn't the flu thing a lie? Boom. Lie number one. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a big lie. It's like that in that scene they talk about a lie. There's a but... whole lot of denial here about what they've actually done wrong by withholding this information. Well, no, I think I think that's maybe what they're getting at is that other than the president, none, no one who knows was like directed uh, uh, to lie. Well, nobody was directed to lie, but they they all they did let lie. the misdiagnosis go through. Yeah. Which like is a had sort of a lie. Flu-like it's obviously symptoms. a lie. It's kind obviously of lie-ish. Lie. From a moral point uh, of view, he uh, he intentionally gives people false information and allows them to continue to believe it. it right? That's <laughs> lying. Mm-hmm. But I guess they they're sort of t- saying it in the sense where like no one lied under oath. No one lied to the a, public in an unlawful situation. Yeah. Um, but, I wanted to know. Also, we find out that Ms. Bartlett. Is uh, MIA? Is that clear? Why? Is it clear? Yeah. Remember after the State of the Union? They had a deal. Yeah, they had a deal. Oh, so she's still a pissy. Yeah. She's still a pissy. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry. Her anger is legitimate. (laughs) (laughs) Were you prepared to say it was Well, I said pissy. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, she's like pissed. Rightfully pissed. Rightfully pissed. There we go. There's a quick scene with Josh and Charlie where Josh is trying to get some information about how long Toby's going to be because he's trying to get him into that writing room. And um, Charlie thinks that Sam's joke is really funny. He admits that it's funny. A fine joke. But they shouldn't do it because the The first lady's being pissy. So she's not going to be there. She's up in Manchester. And I, I like the moment where Josh is like, Really? She's not going to be there? What's going on? And Charlie just looks at him like, dude, I am not going to tell you anything about that. I'm reading my book, bro. But what book was that? It looks like a war and peace. It's like a big book. There was like a man with like a lot of hair on the front. Conan, maybe. Maybe a Hemingway book. Hemingway had a lot of hair as well. Yes. Uh, They go back into the Roosevelt room. Sam and Ainsley are arguing about the ERA again. Um, I think think she has some interesting points why don't you break down the era for us um okay so earned run average and why and and why it is separate from the 14th amendment actually it's really funny because uh lisa and i were talking about this when we watched the episode so what's the era so the era was an attempt in i think it was the late 60s early 70s to 
amend the Constitution not through Congress, but through a constitutional convention by the states. No, it's both. It passed the House and Senate, and then it had to be ratified by two thirds. Oh, is that how it worked? Okay. Then it wasn't a constitutional convention. It they did pass it through both. Um, so they passed it through both. They got it. Through, they needed to pass it. That's through, kind of amazing. Through thirty-eight states, they needed. They got thirty-five of them. Well, supposedly to pass it. some said yes, but then they said no. They well, they were they rescinded after, but at one the highest point it had thirty-five. Wow. And then the craziest thing is in two thousand seventeen this year, Nevada passed it <laughs> really? as like. Sure. <laughs> is that thirty six? Because you have to get like no, two there, thirds. There, there's like a well, the Supreme Court. I know they they said it was over. There's like a statute of limitations right. from when okay. the first okay. one passed. Okay. It's like okay. seven okay. years okay. or something. This is quite, uh, what a country we got, huh? Thirty five <laughs> out of cool thirty eight, and they couldn't close the deal. Yeah, it's crazy. But why why is it different than the Fourteenth Amendment? That's what I want to know. Why isn't Ainsley right here? Um. Okay. Why? Because she's a woman. You just assume that she's wrong. One of the things we were talking about last night was that it's almost identical to the 19th Amendment. Right. So the the language of the 19th Amendment is the right of citizens of the United States to vote. The word to vote is important here. Shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Okay. So the Equal Rights Amendment reads... The equal rights of citizens of the United States shall not be denied or abridged. So, so it's almost it, it identical. could have just been an amendment to strike two words from the 19th. Basically, you strike to vote and you have the ERA. Interesting. Right? So Ainsley's argument, and at least made this point really well, is kind of uh, could be extended to women's suffrage. She should be oh, against like why, the 19th why, Amendment. Why do we need it? We don't need it. The 14th Amendment should, she's right about the fact that the 14th Amendment interpreted liberally should extend to all people regardless of any classification. But it didn't, did it, Jason? But no. it didn't. And, and the reason why is unlike most other classifications like national origin, race, religion, the Supreme Court interpreted the 14th Amendment by saying if there's a legitimate basis for discriminating then you can withstand a strict scrutiny test. In fact, you don't have to apply a strict scrutiny. It's sort of like a the Supreme Court referred to strict scrutiny with teeth and strict scrutiny toothless. They actually would say it that huh. way in their decisions. And so they said Dentata. When it yes. <laughs> so when it when it comes to like religion, national origin, race, you apply strict scrutiny with teeth. Teeth. But tea, when it comes tea, to tea, tea, your <laughs> sexual, your sex. The joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then you. Then uh, yeah, you end up with a a, a toothless vagina. Hmm. So Sam huh. calls Ainsley Phyllis Shafley here. Schlafly, 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 Shafly. And let me tell you, folks, she's a piece of work. <laughs> um, she is the reason that the. Um, ERA did not pass. Essentially, is this one person? She organized all like these she became cons- famous, like conservative women. Her efforts to stop the ERA, and it succeeded. She done it. And she done did it. Don't you think that when Ainsley is like says like when they bring up equal pay and stuff, she's like, well, like some women choose to make less because they have kids. I felt like that was a real straw man argument because she wasn't actually addressing like anything. Well, you. Technically, she's correct, right? Women but do choose, women choose to have to kids. No, no, no. That, that 
if if people choose to start a family and that takes them away from work, that's a priority they're choosing. That's on right? you, Bish. But what's funny about that is, well, she says this in response to women still making like what seventy nine cents on the dollar, right? Whereas before they were making like fifty nine cents on the. But dollar. what she means by that is, and this is potentially correct. There are some women who make a hundred cents on the dollar, and then there's someone who make fifty cents on the dollar. And if you average them all together, it comes out to 79 cents. So it's like, you know, somehow 20% are on equal pay and the other are, you know, the other 30% are at 50. And so that's how you get your 79. So it doesn't necessarily mean that like women are slowly but surely getting their number to be on an individual level. It's just like in the aggregate, right? Yeah. But what's stupid is we, by, by disincentivizing women to have children by penalizing their income, if that were extended across our entire society, we would die. It would be, our society would be over. So essentially, we've created a suicide pact. <laughs> yeah. Unless women, <laughs> unless women would choose to give up their income capacity for the rest of their career in order to reproduce. Right. And but they don't really have the them. choice. They don't we, have the choice. We, we give you a giant tax incentive to buy a home. And although we do give you some tax incentives for having children... It doesn't even come close to making up for the loss in income. Right. Jason, if you want kids so much, why don't you have kids? Who said I, w- I wanted kids that much? Out of your body. Why don't you definitely wreck- not out of my body. Like, why like, don't oh you wreck God. your butthole? Like in that movie Junior. <laughs> your butthole. Classic film. Yeah. Jason has said multiple times that if men could give birth, he would do it for me. Out of the, out of the yeah, butt? I would do it for Right me. out of the butt. Or as Ainsley says. Sam, if men were biologically responsible for procreation, they'd fall down and die at the first sonogram. <laughs> yeah. No. I'd be into it. So I frequently think if things had to happen to men, that they would be much different. Like if a, I would die. If a man had to have like the equivalent of like a mammogram on their like We have to testicles. get colonoscopies. Or like a period, and then they'll, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll like find they'll find stuff in there, man. Do you know and what then, they do? And they take it out in a mammogram, though. They like they shake. I I just let me guess. I assume they just shake your breast. Uh, they <laughs> with a hand like they, a nice firm handshake. They squeeze them. Yeah. yeah they, it's basically like you take like two anvils and you, you just press them sma- in a book. and you you, you push them flop in. your boob onto one oh. and it just smashes oh. it. like a vice like yes i did not it, know that dude does it hurt yes it does hurt like, i have not had it but i've heard because you can't you don't have one until you're 40 do but, they like ice them down first no Why they don't not? do anything what's the temperature of the anvils it's cold and metal yeah, cold that's good i would mm-hmm. ice it the anvils this is a technical term but like don't you think that if anything similar to that had to happen to men that they would have like invented new technology for it maybe but they still have to do colonoscopies for men you're knocked out when you do that no really yes you go under general anesthesia no that's what the scope isn't that what that is no i thought a colonoscopy every time i go to the doctor he just puts his finger up my butt that's not okay is that that's not okay, that, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Speak, by the way, this huh? re- this reminds me of uh, of you and, find a new dentist. The only place you might have seen that, I think, before the West Wing would have been like on Seinfeld. But I'm not sure. Seen hmm. what? It feels like that's something they might talk. Well, about. I know Anne Historic is a thing. Anne Historic. I think I picked that up from Colbert. He always would. Oh. He would overpronounce yeah. the Anne. <laughs> yeah. 
So Phil, Phyllis uh, Shafley, Shafly, <laughs> so she argued that the ERA would take away gender-specific privileges currently enjoyed by women, including the dependent wife benefits no, no, no. under no, no, no. Social Security, separate restrooms for males and females. Mm-mm. So they used the bathroom Mm-mm. scare thing even back then. It's Not my bathrooms. Classic playlist. And uh, some other stuff. They'd have to oh, be uh, and, drafted. And exemption from selective yes. service. Yeah. That's the, that's well, the that's, point that's, that's actually the big case I was saying, the toothless strict scrutiny. <laughs> they brought it to the Supreme Court that the military discriminates based on sex, for being in the SEALs, for being in other, you know, on submarines. No teeth. And uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, I think, was the swing justice that said there are real physiological differences between the sexes that can't be ignored. It's a real difference. Unlike See, assuming physiological differences Tuesday. between race, religion, national origin, this is a real thing, and we shouldn't ignore it. And it, therefore, there are bases for which to discriminate that are rooted in physical reality. Yeah. Okay. So then they come up with some uh, some more bad jokes. Um, I forget what specific ones they come up with this time, but they're, they're they haven't gotten a good one yet. I don't think any of the jokes they come they're up with are good. They're all bad. Even at the end when they are like are feeling good about them, they're not. No, they're the not last two, as like the credits roll, are okay. Okay. So Toby and the president, um, they are talking very softly. <laughs> Leo said you had an attack last year. Hmm? Leo said you had an attack last year. Yeah. They're like whispering over this count uh, table here and like Toby's uh, an excellent, like, dramatic whisperer. Always. So Toby brings up his concerns about the night of the collapse was a high stakes military night. So he has seemingly valid concerns about the president was basically incapacitated on like the brink of a nuclear war. And isn't that a problem? Like who was giving commands? He first asked him, uh, like, are you getting any treatments? And he, he's getting injections of beta seron. Um, according to the captions, one word, um, it's a, that's a real drug actually. And, um, mm-hmm. Uh, then Toby's like running back through the list of people that he knows about. He's like, none of your doctors know you have this. Who is giving you these injections? From whom? From a doctor. None of your current doctors are aware of your condition. Mr. President, is your wife medicating you? I think it'd be best while temperatures are running a little high. That you refer to my wife as Mrs. Bartlett or the First Lady. Mm-hmm. I, and President's being a bit of an asshole in this he's whole getting, entire episode. He's getting like angrier and angrier. Really? Because I think that it's Toby. Being he's the getting... asshole? I think Toby's the asshole. Really? Yeah, really. Why? He's yelling at the president. He is breaking the yelling in the Oval Office. He's role. yelling at the president like he's being really nasty. I, I personally don't get it. Like the president has a disease. I don't like see the difference. Like pretty much everybody gets a disease. I don't think I don't get the discriminating against people with disease. Lots of people have disease. Like it's okay. It doesn't make you a freak. Like it doesn't make you any different. Yeah, the president was elected and he chose all his advisors and like who do you think are making the decisions? Like his advisors and the president. Like I I don't see the big deal here. I, mean, I do think Toby gets like a little uppity about like the process and like the uh sort of purity of this. He one says there was a coup. Elected. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to know why, given what they know that the president is subject to being incapacitated on a moment's notice, why isn't there a pre-signed letter to pass the 
authority of the government over to the vice president. And he says that during a night of extreme chaos and fear, when we didn't yet know if we'd been the victims of domestic or, or foreign terrorism, or even an act of war, there was uncertainty as to who was giving the national security orders, and it was because you never signed a letter. So I'm led to wonder, given your condition and its lack of predictability, why there isn't simply a, a signed letter sitting in a file someplace. And the answer, of course, is that if there was a, a signed letter sitting in a file someplace, somebody would ask why. I think you could get around that. Yeah, there, there's some. There's like the some, president like, was awake enough, and he signed the letter, knowing that he was about to go under. Th- this is there's some typical West Wing sort of set people not being able to present the argument as uh, strongly as they probably could in real life, right? So, like, if the president just said, "Listen, this is a personal health issue," I feel like in general people have a right to privacy on that. If I ever, there's a mechanism in the Constitution where if I felt like my cognitive abilities were an issue, I could essentially admit that and Hoynes would be able to act in my stead. And it's none of your business, right? Like, I'm careful about this. There are people that know about it that monitor me. And until there's a problem, I'm able to function, right? But instead, the way that it's presented to Toby is super defensive. Like, yeah. we're not doing anything wrong. Uh, we've been completely honest with everyone. No one's lied. And it, and it how, like, sets themselves well, the thing, up for the criticism. Thing that really, the reason I wrote President's Being an Asshole is because he's like, oh, and I'm fine, by the way. And the walls came tumbling down. You're fine, by the way. Thanks for asking. Sir. No, Leo. Toby's concern for my health is moving me in ways. Mr. President. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's this thing, and it's not a big deal. But how come, like, the second, like, he gets defensive, he's like, uh, how come you're not asking me if I'm okay? Like, he's, like, being really, like, needy Toby about it. never asked him if he's okay. <laughs> well, he did ask him if it's, like, terminal. And there's a there's a really great line. Some concern. By maybe Toby. a hug would be nice, Tobes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they should have hugged. There's a great line by Toby and when he's talking about the night of the shooting, where he says, "And the Secretary of State didn't know who they were taking their orders from." I wasn't in the Situation Room that night, but I'll bet all the money in my pockets, against all the money in your pockets, that it was Leo, who no one elected. How much money you guys got in your pocket? Just because he knows he doesn't <laughs> got, have any money got, in his pocket. No, I have money. My wallet's over there. So but I, I think no money that Toby's pocket. sort of like, you know, he's obviously very emotional and overwhelmed by this. And he's sort of like escalating the level of betrayal to, you know, you've betrayed like the the American people because they voted for you and you weren't like running the country. But I think really he's just projecting his own betrayal and feeling like yeah toby wants to be on the inside yeah and there's a thing that he's known the president for what three four years now at least Mm -hmm. and there's something he didn't know and there's like his there's been a year since they told leo and he probably thought he was like as close of a confidant as leo was so he's like he's realizing how on the outside he is but like do we think that people with diseases are not like as good like what why is it seems like no it's you're you're entitled when you this is toby's argument you're entitled when you vote for president to have all of the information about that person how long any health issues they have are they gonna like survive no you're years? not 
are they well that's his position right that you have to disclose all of that and then the american people get to decide and that you don't get to decide but obviously what that's not true like you never have total well, information about anybody so what's fascinating about this is that used to kind of be the position i think that people generally took and then look what happened with trump no tax returns your ta- your your financial investments and debts are so much more pertinent to sure. your activities as president than whether you have some sort of like disease that could eventually impair your cognitive function, right? Which has uh, seemed to affect many presidents in the past and people sort of like let it slide. So if you don't even need to know that about your president now, certainly I think it's, it's beyond question that a president could hide their personal health information. And also Trump definitely has Alzheimer's. Right. <laughs> On top of the 100%. fact that he's completely indebted to uh, one of our enemies. Yeah. He's got any number of diseases. Yeah, that we I just don't think you could have MS for fifty years. Like a lot of people have MS, right? It, I don't. I don't get why Toby. Well, Toby also is doesn't freaking really. Out he doesn't know anything about president. MS either. As part so of so, then it. maybe he should shut his mouth. Yeah, but I think that's maybe part of why he's acting like that because he's maybe the severity of it is overinflated in his head at the moment. I also think that it makes more sense for the president to tell, you know, his senior staff about it just so everyone is prepared in case there is an episode. They know how to cover. Yeah, they know how to cover for him. They know how to like what the chain of command is going to be like they're prepared for it. But I do think that the one point that he has isn't so much that he's like lied to the people who voted for him, but that he the people who are closest to him and are responsible for like the office doing a good job are unaware and unable to act properly if something does happen. So that I think he has a point. Like about. think think about it this way. Would no. you would you want to know no. if your if your bus driver had epilepsy? About it. I'm not thinking about it. Sorry, is your bus driver Would you want to know if your pilot had epilepsy? It's none of your business. Is it? No. Or, or like narcolepsy. First of all, pilots narcolepsy. pilots aren't allowed to have that. Well, no. Right, but that's kind yeah. of the point, right? Like the president is in the, the point. pilot seat for the for the country. Imagine I mean, the country's. A plane. I guess you think it's okay to discriminate against Americans with disease. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do in that we do you, not give blind people do. a driver's license. You do, <laughs> right? You don't want some some blind person. So they cut over the, the Roosevelt Room. <laughs> The writing session is not going well, and it's starting to get dark in this writer's room. You need jokes about the staff. You need jokes about the staff. Let's start with you. Problem is, there aren't many jokes you can make about me. How about this? Um, knock, knock, who's there? Sam and his prostitute friend. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that was a bit of misdirected anger there. I'm okay with that. Well, in that case, Ainsley, you know why I got you flowers in April instead of February? Because you ditched me the first time around to go back to the guy who ditched you the first time around, only to have him ditch you the second time around. Oh, what the hell? That was him. He was being you. They are all getting extremely personal and pretty snippy with each other. Donna introduces the word snark to everybody's lexicon. This is his way. He's just going to snark me every April. Prince of passive-aggressive behavior. What does snark mean? I don't know, but he's doing it. Which apparently they don't know what it means. They don't know what it is. Or Sam doesn't know what it means. They are not extremely online. let me tell you, a man called... Lewis Carroll invented the word snark. Elsie? Yeah, baby. Is that Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, he did it. 
It was a, it was some sort of creature. So then Sam says, I'm going to get coffee, you know, take a, take a break. Let me think this out. And, uh, Ainsley's going to tag along because she's going to see what that all-night pastry chef is whipping up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to see what he's got going on. Is that cheesecake down there? It's quarter after midnight. The pastry chef usually stays on till dawn. I'll go see what there is. Oh, if I was the president, I would 100% have an all-night pastry chef. First of chef. all, Trump definitely has an all-night pastry chef. <laughs> Probably. And as Second of these. Yeah, what you got? <clears throat> Here's where we learn uh, Ainsley's real feelings on the ERA, which are that laws are bad. If the amendment's redundant, then what's your problem if it's passed or not? Because I'm a Republican, have we met? I believe that every time the federal government hands down a new law, it leaves for the rest of us a little less freedom. So I say, let's just stick to the ones we absolutely need in order to have water come out of the faucet and our cars not stolen. That is my problem with passing a redundant law. This is the thing that bothers Small me. Government. Laws are bad. Like, almost everything that Ainsley opposes, and, like, a lot of Republicans, too, and she fully says, like, I'm Republican, I don't believe in this stuff, is that it's all based in, like, pride, right? She's like, I don't need your laws. Like, I'm an independent, like, strong, independent woman. My father was a, like, fancy lawyer, and as a rich privileged person right. i'm doing fine i can just but spend a hundred thousand dollars on litigation anytime right. someone tries to infringe on my rights in a previous right. episode she says the same thing about like school free school lunches like it's it, it's, it's like demean- so no, yeah, it's, it's demeaning yeah. or something yeah. and it, you know it's a source of pride to like have your kids lunch for for them but if it's free it's like rude or something and yeah. it's just like these are all terrible that's a terrible argument for anything that you have like too much pride to accept help it's, because, a, it's a white privilege thing. She should is. check her privilege. Yes, she should absolutely. Because yeah. like The Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> not that that's real, but that well, can happen. I mean, that's a situation where the <laughs> law doesn't really matter anymore, but... I know, but like the laws can help, maybe. They probably didn't have the ERA in the world of Clearly the Handmaid's Tale. Not. Yeah. Clearly not. Clearly not. Thanks a lot, Schleifly. Yeah. Schleifly. Yeah. <laughs> So then there's Toby and Leo again. They're back outside on the portico. Leo is coming from like across the building. I don't know why he's like down in the residence. He's like walking all the way up the hallway. They really like break the spatial awareness. Maybe to go to the bathroom or something. I don't know. We find out here that Hoynes knows. So Toby had put together that like that's why Hoynes thinks he's going to be the one that's running because he had kind of put together the deal with the first lady. Toby figures that part out too. He's worried if the president's going to run again. Leo says, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think he is going to. Uh, And and Toby then finds out the last person on the list, who I don't know exactly who that is because I did not write it down. That was the radiologist. Anesthesiologist. Yeah, right, because they're they're the beta seron and the anesthesia. We see Um, that happen. And then Toby has five scenarios of what might happen. Um, he's either not going to run, he's going to run and win, run and lose, he's going to resign over the scandal, or he's going to be impeached over the scandal. And then Leo says, it's never going to get that far, and Toby says, write down the day and date you said that, and eat that piece of paper. <laughs> and Imagine, I, I, I can believe the Democrats would impeach their own president. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The Republicans will never do that. 
They don't give a fuck. For like for Trump. But, well, the, but the Democrats absolutely would wait, wait. for a stupid thing like this. Do we know how many oh, voted it, for articles of Because they think Clinton? they'll like win over... We might we might be able to win the presidency if we impeach our own president <laughs> because we'll get the Panera Bread no, Republicans. We're doing the right thing. Yeah, I can think of way more than five scenarios. Um, president could murder his entire family and shoot himself in the head. Um, aliens, aliens could come could do, down like um, a whole Independence Day thing. Yep, uh, <laughs> lots of things could happen. Yeah, uh, those seven things I guess could happen at least. Zoe could go like ape shit on her whole college because she's embarrassed and yeah. shamed. Handmaid's Tale. Ha- handmaid sales always in the cards is an option. Isn't that Zoe? Well, she's so, she's the she's the handmaid. Yeah. Oh, right. Five five Democrats voted for her. Clinton's impeachment. Who, Who are they? Who? Name, name, name names. Name names. 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 Virgil Good of Virginia. Oh, Ralph Virgil. Hall of Texas. Oh, you. Paul bet. McHale of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Charles Stenholm of wow. Texas and Jean Taylor of Mississippi. May we mm. remember them? Are these like all swing states? Mississippi, yes. famous swing state. Yeah. Famous Democrat. Yeah, I guess all of them are Virginia, Pennsylvania. They're all like blue states. dogs or whatever. Texas and Mississippi, probably just swing districts. Confederate. Yeah. <laughs> Back into the Roosevelt Room. Donna is in the middle of an, a very elaborate setup for a joke. See, the thing about me is that mine is a dry wit. And a dry wit, like a fine martini, is best enjoyed. Uh-oh. Yeah, nowhere to go there. I have like a fine glass of wine. Um, I put a little is, Irish on that. Oh, but. okay. This isn't the part where he asks her about her Catholic schoolgirl uniform. No, no, no. no. This is okay. where she's like, uh, she's like my yeah. wit, like a fine champagne. Yeah, yeah. So then Sam and Ainsley come back, and everybody's like, "You two were gone for a long time. Where were you?" Yeah. This this is where I think I Doing think they it. snuck away, and I yeah. think they. He, he says he dropped the spilled coffee in the hall multiple times. Right. No. Multiple That's times. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. bro. Yeah. And by the way, high five. <laughs> Spill that coffee. Boiling hot. <laughs> There's a little bit more uh Sam and Ainsley like verbal spar and you know, they go at it for a little bit. And then uh Ainsley goes back into the mess because <laughs> that's the way she says it. She <laughs> thought she thought she may have seen there a peach. Yes. And with that, I'm going back down to the mess. Because I thought I may have seen there a peach. And doesn't Sam say that great line? I could have countered that, but I'd already moved on to other things in my head. And then Ainsley walks out the door, and then we all get to see a peach. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're talking about her rear end. Yeah, her rump. Yeah, peach her, emoji. Her oh. Josh and Donna after that. Josh is like trying to find a copy of Here's that. Here. the previous uh, correspondence dinner speeches so they can crib some jokes from themselves or something i don't know yeah and um spills a bunch of books on himself donna comes in to help him um pick them up and yeah this is when she's got a gift for him she's got a gift he definitely does some weird sexual harassment here what the hell is happening now you feel i believe because you're quite adult-minded that this job was my second choice hey i'm just grateful we were your last choice i'm gonna give you a little gift right now which you don't deserve Donna, if you've got your old catholic school uniform on under there don't get me wrong i applaud the thought okay what i need is for you to stop being like you for a second it's hard it's hard because like women it's weird because women are like you work with them and they're pretty you know but also like 
They're people. It's like they're not there for you. Like they're people. Like yeah. on top of being sexual objects, they're also people. It is weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that you're saying this because women don't think that about guys. No, it's not true about guys. But with women, there's it's no, like th- there's no you cuties both... at your work. Well, actually, oh, <laughs> so there is men this are just w- sex. Objects. There's this one. This is one guy who he doesn't work um, for the my company, but he is like an installer, and mm. he is he is a very handsome person what is, what does he lay pipe <laughs> so he's your subordinate he is he he installs vinyl so <laughs> i don't know if there's like a fun way to say that but um he's got a squeegee um, <laughs> but uh he is like i was talking to my male coworker how he is the mm. most objectified man he doesn't know it because we all say it behind his back but he's everyone's like oh i don't want to say his name but they're like oh so-and-so is gonna be in the Mm, office today mm. and everyone makes a plan to like walk by he's the diet coke guy he he is yeah 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 thanks for giving us permission here here is a reminder he's a person (laughs) with an internal life yeah that is not there for your pleasure and your sick well the thing is we don't like we're not no one's overt about it like staring at him like no one looks at his like whatever the equivalent of boobs is like his dick or his butt uh the dick is the boobs equivalent <laughs> no the uh no the his man dick shape yeah no. the boobs of a man is the buns the buns the yeah. butt okay um or man bun <laughs> or the eyeglasses um or the glasses yeah i prefer the glasses my eyes are butts. up here um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, my eyes are behind yeah but directly behind yeah. <laughs> um behind these frames but but like I, you know it's it's a little different because i think women are much more subtle about it no one's like and no one would ever say anything to him that is like even remotely like with like would anybody say something to him like maybe like in a spanish accent like something he like, is, uh, like, hey, like mamacita, something like that. No, no, no one would ever okay. say that Poppy. to him. Like, yeah. that's the thing mm. that I think that I don't understand mm. about guys is that. Like, Their use of foreign being, languages. Yeah, that. Yeah. And, and like Mama being a, objectified <laughs> is not like a compliment. Like, that's not a compliment. Yeah, they're complimenting you. Right, but it's not. But it's their They saying, think they are. They think by objectifying a woman, it's a compliment. I don't think it's that strategic. No, I don't think it's like, like an ex- I'm it's like an expression of id. No, I do think sometimes it's, it's like, id. oh, I'm complimenting her. Like, I'm no, saying, no, I don't even think I'm they're saying thinking it like that. the cut of that dress. I don't think there's like a, any pedestaling going on. <laughs> I think, but that, they will say they will argue that they are. They're just saying nice things. They're just spreading the yeah. j- the love. Don't you like want to hear? Just letting things? her know that she would look better if she smiled. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I I just personally believe that your clothes would look better on my carpet. No, but it's true. Mm. Like if you told someone you would look better if you didn't smile that's bad oh because your teeth are fucked up or whatever <laughs> or whatever like you just look weird wow, you shit your a mouth, shit smile boo. i actually had an experience at work the other day where a woman told another woman to smile mm, how'd that go over um it was really uncomfortable it was like the one woman was just kind of like i hate the term resting bitch face because it's not we could just say thing. rbf no real big fish yeah she she just kind of Great looked band. her face was just relaxed and normal and then she said asked this other woman if she was okay 
And she's like, because you're not smiling. And then she's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just like, it's cold in here. And I, you know, I'm tired. And then she was like, well, you don't like you don't have an excuse to like not smile. I do. I'm so much more stressed. And I'm Ew. fighting with my uh, husband. And I was like, I, capitalism, I'm gonna, folks, I'm going to crawl under this table here. And uh, until this is over. So it was like a pissing contest for how shitty her life was. It turned into that. It was very weird. Can women have a pissing Those were contest? two. That was two women? It's two women. Yeah, I think so. Ugh. She's like, what? A Volume. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? <a>, no, women <laughs> piss too. I don't. What do you mean? Of course. Yes. All women. Ha- no, women I'm just piss. asking. Have, women piss, Jason. No, we women have listeners, a, we have, have you ever actually had a pissing contest? I've never had a pissing contest. <laughs> see who's heavier? How do you measure that? There's Iron? Weight, Iron cravings? Weight in con- um, pads? You know. Pad weight? Bad bad yeah what kind of tampon you use is it a is it like a super heavy flow you know heavy so flow the josh is being inappropriate by talking about her catholic oh, school that, girl uniform. so, so much. she is so obviously not catholic yeah, yeah. she's a presby also yeah. i hate that he is like oh i like i know you're gonna tell me about this but I, like i don't want to hear it and it's like it's like a double shitty thing to say. So we find out the real story. Um, also, she, it looks like they're gonna fuck. It does because he has like watery eyes. They're like on of. the floor. Like she's like leaning yeah. over him. Like I'm wet. It just yeah. felt right. He's got he's got wet eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and he really does. It's he's got a weird look on his face. Juicy. And they, did you see when the moonlight hit his pants? <laughs> <laughs> wash, wash those jeans, bro. That's a more. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Uh, so she she got the story that Josh thinks he knows is that she got dumped again. Is that yeah, right? He or that she, she, le- she left him again? No, he thinks that she yeah. got dumped and came like crawling back right. to him. But in actuality, she- when I came back, you remember I had a bandage on my ankle? Yeah. I told you I slipped on the ice on the front walk. Yeah. You know why? Because you didn't put down the kitty litter. I was actually in a car accident. You were in a car accident? It was. Seriously, you were in an accident? It was no big deal. You told me it was a late thaw. Yes. I did. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, yeah, I did. You tell said you it that. was a late thought. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I, yeah, you're an idiot, Josh. <laughs> yeah, her acting in that is yeah. really milks it so much more than it yeah, it's so good. But he stopped. I some, like, I had a girl told me it was a late thaw once. What? <laughs> I don't yeah. think it was. So he she he stopped on the way to the hospital to like tell his buddies that he couldn't meet up, but he's like, yeah, I'll stay for one beer. <laughs> couldn't hurt. And um, then they almost kiss, and then they don't. And then she leaves. Then and he calls her ex a dump kiss. A dump kiss, sure. Yeah. And then they one up each other on how much they care for each other. This is actually like kind of cute. I'm, I'm just saying, if you were in an accident, I wouldn't stop for a beer. If you were in an accident, I wouldn't stop for red lights. She definitely wins at the like sweet sentimental thing to say. Yeah. She's uh, like, I'd kill a family of four. So I for you. So here, do you think he sends flowers next year, or do you think they're over it now? No, I think he's learned his lesson. Yeah, I think he needs. I to, want to believe. I I want to say he sends them on the first anniversary, February. Okay, I like that. That's how you make up for that. Not yeah. April. Yeah, or I mean, he could still send them on the same anniversary as like the but time, now with, or, but the, now with a different meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah in a nicer. He way. shouldn't though. That's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, because maybe she likes the flowers. She just doesn't like the gloating. Right. Yeah. She's probably been scarred by this particular date of receiving flowers anyway. So if it's been like three years of it. Oh, here's another one of the things. Okay, so they go to the Oval Office. 
and oh. they're talking about the uh, the terrorism subplot again, and they're like, why not uh, heighten security? Why not just do it? If there's a threat, why not do it? And the scanners they use take an hour to search the luggage of 250 passengers. The condition requires two photo IDs. Most people only have one. Delays. Delays are the downside. To this day, I take two forms of ID to the airport. Uh, what? <laughs> because of what? this? I think so. It has to be because of this. <laughs> yeah. I take my passport, even if I'm like going... We now live in a post-9-11 world, and we still don't need two forms of ID. Yeah. I know. It doesn't make any sense. I've never wow. had it on heightened alert since... That's definitely not... 16 years but ago. That's I'm, a West I'm, Wing thing. Mo- most of the things I seem to think I know <laughs> are, are informed by this particular episode of Folks, the West it's Wing. too many IDs. That is too many IDs. I'll do... I'm a one ID man. And also, I can't believe you carry your passport willy-nilly like that. I'm just I'm willy-nilly? I'm traveling. Well, if I lose my wallet, too, I feel like I can get back into the airport if I need to. That's smart. No, it's a good idea. I just, mm-hmm. whenever I travel with my passport, I like... It's too big. I make like two photocopies of it, and I store it, it in a, it two should, different parts of my bag. It <laughs> should be like more wallet size. Well, you can actually buy... There's a like mini? a Yeah, there's like <gasps> a... The TSA pre-card is a, oh, the yeah. global entry card. Well, there's two oh. different things. There's the global entry TSA pre-check card, um, and then there's a passport ID card. Jason has I have one. that. That's like a North American. Can you yeah, present it? It's just a regular passport it? for... Take like, it out. Let's see it. I don't keep it. Oh, with me. you don't Jason even have two have forms wallet. of ID. I don't, I don't have a wallet. What? This is my wallet. You don't have a wallet? This is my wallet. Get the fuck out of here. I know. Put this, nice. You're, you're a grown adult. You're a man. My favorite is when he can't find it and he says, he I love it. my wallet and he can't say it without laughing because he knows how shameful <laughs> it is to call that lump of no, cards and cash. No, <laughs> sometimes I take on, like, a, on, like a single Jason. bill and wrap it around. Jason. Jason. Yeah. What's up, man? What's up, bro? I don't want to fuck up my dude. back with some lump of dude. animal skin. Dude, Front pocket wallet, man. I, I he has a beautiful wallet dude, that look, I got this for is, him. This is big. They make a smaller one than this. This is not. That's pretty nice. Actually, there's no yeah. lump. I have there's one no of lump, those, baby. And I offered I'm gonna, one of those. I'm gonna get mine. No, we're show here. me your wallet. Check, check this baby. Wait, I should check describe this, baby this for our listeners. Listeners, I'd really appreciate if you could buy me a wallet. Braden has like basically wallet. one of those like credit card ID holder wallets. This is also what I carry around. It's better. It's better than that. I'm this is a little. Oh, thick I love that it's nobody has good. a real wallet anymore. It's pretty this good. Oh, ooh, that one's nice. It's like a lady wallet, but small. But I will Whip say this: them out, boys. I've yeah. never had a problem with this wallet. Here's your problem. I'm giving you a problem. I've had this wallet for like two years. It's not a wallet. It's just three credit cards. Yeah. You're just, it's not, don't say it's a wallet. It is just, just three just keep credit them in cards. My pocket That's fine. not a wallet. There's no rubber band around. Nothing. Like you should have a band. You shouldn't have a money situation where you have to use air quotes every time you say wallet. <laughs> yeah, where, where do you keep your cash, bro? I just need to communicate it to other people. What about officially. your Metro card? I, that's a fourth item. Uh and that's the uh, thing is, if that gets bent, you can't use it. Yeah, so. get bent. It never gets bent. One mm. day it's going to. One day. So, President is adamant that he is not going to apologize to Toby. Well, he's adamant? Adamant. Adamantium. That he is not <laughs> going to apologize to Toby. He says it straight up. I have no intention of apologizing to you, Toby. Would you mind if I ask why not? Because you're not the one with MS, a wife, three kids, and airports to close. Not every part of me belongs to you. 
This was personal. Don't expect an apology from me. It's his body. Keep your apologies off of it. <laughs> and he, uh, Toby's like, we got to talk to some lawyers because I think some laws have been broken here. Then he campaign And the president's... Uh, no, then he says, oh, by the way, 17 people, bitch. It's 17 people, by the way. I'm sorry? You knew. We weren't counting you. It's 17 people. What? Got yourself. Look in the mirror. I want to. Mm. I always count myself first. 17 people. It gets up in his face. Yes. Oh my gosh. If like clapping back was a thing at this time, Toby would be clapping back at the president. He, he does. Yeah. The he, shape, does the, he does the shape of a 17. Yeah. In the air. <laughs> He's snapping. And, the, his and face. that really like just that saying, mm-hmm. uh, just him doing that mm-hmm. little clap back and sassy. He sassy comes maneuver, around. And he's like, oh boy, I fucked up. Well, okay. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Toby. <laughs> like, so the later, two sentences later, he's I like, I really it. am sorry. For the first time watching this episode, which I've seen many, many, many times, I feel like this part emphasizes that the president is thinking about this in terms of his individuality. And Toby is thinking about this in terms of the office of the presidency. Toby knows this is going to be a shit show. Yeah. He realizes it from the second he hears it. Like, this is not going to be just like, oh, we announce it and we but that's, announce something else the next day. But that's fine. the whole thing. It's like the whole time Toby's criticisms are not, are he's not thinking about the president as a person. He's thinking about the office of the president. And maybe that's why I was so upset. I was like, Toby, it's our buddy, the president. Right. It's, dude, this is Jedediah. <laughs> and the whole time the president was thinking about it as if he was a person but kind of not yeah. and this finally has him separate that concept in his head and he's like oh crap he's right that as a person I have the right to keep this private and to live a life notwithstanding that I have a potentially degenerative illness but yeah they're going to turn this into a giant shitstorm for me mm-hmm. well I have a feeling, and this is just a gut feeling, that this will never get out. <laughs> Good assumption. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so Toby gets apologized to. He leaves. They kind of end on like a, a nice note. Like the tension is kind of out of the air a little bit because he's like, thanks, you know, I'll see you tomorrow or whatever. It's like they're not standoffish in the way that they were the rest of the episode. It goes into the writing room, the Roosevelt room, and they have all these jokes and they are super happy about it. I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one. What are the jokes? Did they have any good jokes at the end? Um, I can't remember. There were a couple uh, that they were like muttered in the background. Yeah, I remember. Okay. And then Josh Who's is like. Who's bigger? Mr. Bigger? Or Mr. <laughs> bigger Baby? I had the little golden book of jokes. I had the golden. I don't remember them all. That one I got. Uh, and that's the end of the episode with uh-huh. Toby looking very serious while everybody's like laughing, yucking it up around him. And the credits are the president behind his desk. Not a particularly exciting shot. Um, and that's the episode. Headlines? I didn't do any headlines. It's not a lot of stuff happened I felt like in it was one. all secret information. It was all one night internal. And I, I didn't. I made one headline based on the assumption that the story would the things I we did, heard would I did, get out. I thought, I just thought, MS Doom. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I the thing about the first lady giving him shots is called family practice. Ooh, I had uh, 
from the Donna Josh plotline, P and E T S D. Oh, that's good. I have one. If the terrorist thing got out about them smuggling the stuff into Canada, it was nitroglycerin, eh? That's all. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, okay. Nailed it. So, final. Oh, wait. So, I want to mention um, uh-huh. if, if you want a superb breakdown of this episode, there is Ugh. a website. 17people.com spelled out and not the letters mm-hmm. it's got all these like custom cartoons mm-hmm. and maps and like illustrations mm-hmm. of like the dot flow of the episode and stuff it's just a super cool way of like analyzing yeah. an episode of a tv show it's like a um, wonderful ode to the episode yeah it's like a too. one one shot page just all about this episode um with hand animated hand hand animated <laughs> Um, I support Montel, folks. It's good, good, good stuff. Um, so shout out to that website. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. What's the guy's name? Um, I, oh. this uh, definitely a guy Mike made this. John no. White guy website. <laughs> it's John White, and so on the website he has all the jokes. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! That they came up with, and this is my favorite one that didn't make it. Knock knock. Who's there? Sam and his prostitute friend. Oh yeah, that was in the episode. Oh, yeah. that's rough. No, no. It, oh no, it, it shows it... which one is making it into the speech. Yeah, in the speech. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. one that's unclear, which is quote, something that Sam wrote for an earlier speech titled <laughs> "Government-wide accountability for merit systems principles." Yeah, that was the thing Josh was. Well, but the last two jokes on there were decent. Yeah. What were the is, last two? So the president was asked to pick tonight's menu, and he says, "Oh, just serve every anything you like except lame duck." And uh, I know, <laughs> I know times are tough. The Nasdaq just filed for non-for-profit status. Booer. Woo! Yeah. It's a f- also say non-profit, not not for profit. That's what the. Term no, I'm is. saying, I'm saying like poorly formed joke. They're both. They're the same thing. It's a not, not for, for profit, profit, but also it's the same as a non-profit. But it just doesn't flow the no, same. No, no, no. But it doesn't have the same meaning, though. They're the same meaning. No, they're not. They're meaning same. Non-profit implies they make no profit, and not for profit. Means no, they no. make a little profit. No. They make a they make profit, but the but it's not they don't, for no, no, the profit. No, no, it's no, not no, for no. it. No, nonprofit is the what same. you use to describe a five hundred one c three. Okay. It's oh a wow, a lot of numbers. You Are think you sure that's... it's not a non for profit? Yeah, they're the same thing. You're sure it's not a non mm. non for profit? They're tax exempt because they are not in. They're not. The goal is not to make a profit. But I think the OG way of saying that is not for profit. It's the same. I trust the OGs. Yeah, so do I. Okay, final thoughts. Real good episode. Real good episode. I've been waiting for this one for so I think long. And I'm is, so excited for the next one also. I think this is good, but I was really mad at Toby, and you guys don't seem as mad. Like, no. maybe because, like, I, like, more understand than <laughs> you guys what it's like to live with a disease. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I found Toby, like, so insulting. Like, I get that he was, in this episode, was, like, sort of the everyman, sort of representing the anger of the country or whatever for having been misled, but, like... But I don't even think it was was so much that. Like, I think that's how he was phrasing his arguments, was that he is only worried, you know, about what people voted for or who they voted for and them being misled. But really, like, it's obviously about him being misled and it's a really personal emotional reaction which is not necessarily the right reaction and i think that's what they're trying to convey i just think toby acted like a bigot well 
against people with disease. So the the thing that Toby got really upset about was the chain of command when the president was incapacitated, right? That was the thing where he like really blew up and he yelled. He literally yelled at the president. He's gonna get a Stanley Keyword. But it was like literally the president's chief of staffs. Duty or whatever in that ninety minutes, but, like I mean, but so, he wasn't elected. But, but, no, elected. but neither are judges. Judge, a lot of judges are elected. But. Yeah, but also some aren't. How do you like that? Good. What uh, about the Supreme Court? No, they're not elected. Therefore, they have no authority. They're elected by people who are elected. No authority. Well, therefore, so is his chief of staff. Basically, the chief of staff. It's just the president. But that's, that's the same guy. Isn't there a a difference between saying it's okay, it's not a big deal that you have this, but that you should have a like response mechanism for the inevitable or the possible scenario where the thing that you know is hanging out there happens and you need to respond to it? Like, shouldn't I mean you? I think you make a good point there, but that is not what toby said toby got really belligerent and angry and it wasn't about well you should have had this he just he was yelling at the president because like he thought there was some sort of coup in the government it was like really the president's guy did what the president wanted him to do afterward the president said yeah that's what I wanted. Like there was a peaceful resolution. Well, no, no, no. Well, no theoretical. Well, what the president coup, said is, "And the walls came tumbling down." You which, motherfucker. Which is a song. <laughs> well, no, hold on. Okay, what, what, Toby? I think this is the one place where Toby's argument coalesces into like a thing, and that's had there been no health issue, you probably would have signed an our twenty fifth amendment letter. Kept it in a drawer, and if anything bad happened to you, we would have used it in a pinch. That's but right. I don't think that's true no, because no, now that this situation has happened, now that the president was shot, they certainly have a really good argument to make for mm. signing the letter. Well, what if I get shot again? If anybody asks, he could say, "Well, no, this right. already happened once, so we just thought that's, that if I were shot again, it's not about it's that. a it's a straw man that the episode gives them the excuse for not doing it." As being, we didn't want there to be well, it's also, uncomfortable questions. Well, That's bullshit. To, well, the way Toby says is, if we had a letter, people would ask, why is there a letter? Right. But then that would imply that there was an illness. But if there wasn't an illness, then we could have a letter and nobody would ask why there was a letter. Like What he's, what he's <laughs> implying is that if there had been nothing to cover up in terms of his health, they would have been careful enough to have done that and kept it in a drawer. Okay, but So they in made that the decision situation, to reject that policy but, in order to try to... like. Avoid having to answer that question okay, because so then it would there, be an overt lie. So say there wasn't a disease and they had the letter, then they would have done exactly what they did. No, no, not necessarily. Well, if the letter said that the chief of staff can make this decision. No, no, no that's not how the 25th Amendment works. So this is the way it works. The president has to be the decider. He did Bush decide. No, hold, on, hold on, no, no. He has to be the direct decider. If he is unable to make the decision because of incapacity then it must go to the vice president. That's not what the letter said. No, no, that's what the 25th Amendment Well, his letter said otherwise. What do you mean? There was no letter. There There was was no letter. If there was. No, no. The whole point is you cannot cannot delegate the commander-in-chief powers to your chief of staff. You must either keep them yourself or delegate them to the vice president or have them taken from you because of your incapacity to actually delegate them yourself. Is it possible that 
Toby is just mad that he had to answer all those questions about the chain of command mm-hmm. afterwards Maybe. from Danny. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we got put into a really bad spot there and we looked like idiots. And, Maybe. And this is why. No, no, it's it's kind of a forced this is the best they can do to show a like an actual dereliction of duty that's that's sourced to the like attempt an ad, to hide an adverse effect from the results of that president's actions that he took because of the yeah. illness. Otherwise, the only other thing is not telling the American people and letting them make a decision about whether they are okay with him being the leader notwithstanding he could have this issue. Yeah. That's the only other legitimate criticism. So, structurally, this is an interesting episode. It's not, like, ambitious in structure, really. It's not one of the crazy ones where it's, like, disjointed timelines and, like, it's just good old-fashioned dramatic tension. I thought it was a little ambitious how they did the... Ooh, one night later, two nights later. Yeah, for the first Ooh, five he's still, minutes. Yeah, the that pre- was ambitious. The pre-credit, but like, it's not a weirdly structured episode by any means. There's like literally, I, the way that what that website's point is like, this is like a play, like more than any other episode of the show so far. It's like there's two scenes going on at once, and that's it. And the fewest number of characters appear. Yeah, that's probably no that. CJ, no C, no Mandy. CJ. Oh, where's CJ. Mandy? Oh, thank God there's no landing. No first lady except by reference. Yeah. Um, no landing yeah. ham. No, se- no secretaries other than Donna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No Margaret. Hmm. Yeah. And yet we got Ed and Larry. Yeah. Wait a minute. Where's Margaret? Where's Margaret? Because she makes a big deal about how she doesn't leave until Leo leaves, right? Oh. She was sick. Maybe she just sat at her desk. She's just at her desk the entire time. The whole time. time. Yeah. yeah. All this shit's going on. Like sharpening pencils. They should bring her into the writer's room. I bet she's got some good jokes. (laughs) She's probably got some really fucked up jokes. (laughs) Like in the most wonderful way. But I feel like Richard Skiff really carries this episode Mm -hmm. in a big way. All the money in my pockets versus all the money in your pockets. Yeah. Great line reading. He's just like acting, you know. I just feel like this was at a time when people didn't know what MS was. And now I specifically do know what it is. So it's been a long time yeah i mean perhaps it's like dating itself for that reason but for someone who doesn't understand what it is at all yeah i've been dating myself (laughs) treat myself real good on 17people.com they actually have a call out about the um chronology of this episode that um one thing doesn't add up which Mm. is that Everything like makes sense where the um, filibuster happened, um, where and Donna confirms that it's like April and it it probably is April, because um, the filibuster was six days earlier and that was March thirtieth. But what doesn't make sense is that Josh went to Port St. Lucie the weekend of March thirty first to April first, and this is supposed to be the beginning of April, I think. So either Josh. No, it's five days though. Hold on. I think it's fine because he left. He would have left after this filibuster on Saturday on the the morning after the filibuster theoretically, and it would have been four days. But Toby was supposed to go skiing or something, right? And he was there the entire time. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. They're calling it out because the Mets weren't in Port St. Lucie the weekend of March 31st. Oh, this is like a real life thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no specific Emmys for this episode. Oh, did an unscheduled day in Florida instead of training in Pittsburgh. Well, it gets an Emmy from this guy, (laughs) (laughs) M.E. That's great. Okay, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, You know, we're... We could use more listeners. Tell tell your friends. Yeah, like, tell your friends. Write us on uh, iTunes. Your mom, moms yeah. love us. Yeah. Moms Post us on your moms feeds. freaking love us, yeah. man. Find us yeah. on Facebook. They especially like all the cum jokes I've been yeah. making. Yeah, and like we love moms. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. I love C- you, mom. Catch you next time. Tell mom's your the word. Bye. Dad, too. <laughs>